0: Hey, this episode is exclusively brought to you by Enjoy the Ride Records. Visit enjoytheriderecords.com because they are an amazing purveyor of high quality reissues from so many of your favorite bands. Visit their website and become educated. Enjoytheriderecords.com. Now on with the show. and welcome to another episode of 100 words or less the podcast i'm your host ray harkins thank you for hanging out with us this fine day and we're like days away from christmas so hopefully you've done your shopping for all of your significant others and family members and other people if not you can give them this podcast you can be like you know what i burned a hundred of these episodes on cd so i'm just giving you gift ideas you know just just letting you know what's happening so the guest this week he this is a very very special one for me because uh, his guitar playing is, it was one of the first I really sort of recognized as being a particular tone and just knowing who he was as a guitar player. Tom Capone, he played in bands like Quicksand and Beyond and Handsome, and he's done a, a lot of other rad musical stuff. I, I was just so stoked that he agreed to hang out with me. We hung out before he moved back to New York City when he was living here in Southern California. We hung out by a beach. I know that sounds very romantic, but uh, I was pretty nervous about this conversation. He's a private person, he doesn't do a ton of interviews. So I didn't know what sort of angle I could go at him with that would uh, incite some interesting conversations and kind of explore areas that might not have been explored in the past. So I digress. Let's give this some business stuff. At the top of the show, I mentioned the label, Enjoy the Ride Records. They're sponsoring a couple episodes, and I am so thankful that they are interested in doing that. So what I encourage you to do is go to enjoytheriderecords.com and they've got a ton of amazing reissues. Right now they have Real Big Fish. Who doesn't like Real Big Fish? And something corporate. They have reissues that are up there right now. The first chord record the self-titled record, the one that everybody listened to if you came up in the 90s. They have that on there. They also have a Kevin Devine Live at Looney Tudes record, a new motion picture soundtrack from this awesome movie, at least awesome because I've heard about it, called Bridge and Tunnel with a ton of Long Island musicians like John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday, Bayside, Vinnie Karuna from The Movie Life, and I Am The Avalanche. The soundtrack sounds amazing. So Basically, they've got a ton of rad stuff. If you're into vinyl, go there. Enjoy the We appreciate them for the support. Go check it out. I've bought stuff from them before. They're a reputable, cool label. And he focuses so hard on bringing you the highest quality stuff that will sit on your shelves and you will hopefully consume musically. With that being said, I have to uh, kind of bring this to a serious note. I haven't mentioned something about this in the past couple of episodes because I really wanted to collect my thoughts in regards to Everything that is happening in the nation currently, with obviously police brutality, Garner case, Ferguson. Ferguson, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, Ferguson upset me and watching everything that was surrounding that entire city and all of the fallout from that was, you know, honestly heartbreaking. I I think anybody, regardless of where they sit on the political spectrum, they can look at that situation and be like, tragic. And like I said, that that case resonated with me, but it wasn't until the Eric Gardner verdict that came down. Because I remember watching that video, like as I'm talking about it right now, it's giving me goosebumps. It's something that's so visceral and the discussion around police being equipped with body cameras and having that be the solution for this epidemic of brutality that gets enacted on people that are citizens of the United States is scary. And so that that being the solution and then seeing this video, clearly that wasn't the case. I mean, I remember when I watched the video when it first came out. It's so heartbreaking. It was to watch this this person who simply is just trying to not be hassled for selling a loose cigarette. I'm just severely disappointed. It's just such a heartbreaking story and case. And honestly, I'm very glad that people are obviously speaking up. People are protesting, thankfully, peacefully protesting. It's it's something that uh you know violence doesn't uh, beget violence and the sort of eye for an eye everybody becomes blind sort of thing. You know, I, I personally don't adhere to that in the sense of You know, I don't believe that uh, violent confrontations are the way to to settle things. And I'm definitely a pacifist uh, myself, but I'm just really, really glad that this discussion is continuing within the cultural landscape. That's I wanted to do my little part. I didn't want to just continually uh, week by week kind of gloss over this. And I know that this show doesn't really have any sort of political context, but, you know, people express their opinions here. And this is the medium that I have currently. So. I believe that uh, if you want to be viscerally moved, watch that Eric Garner video. I encourage you to do that because I don't think anybody can watch that and walk away without feeling something. So ultimately, that's what I I want you to get out of this. So shifting gears on a positive note, uh, in like two days, I'll be uh, returning to the stage with my old band taken. We're playing uh, two shows here in Southern California. Uh, if you listen to the show, if you listen to this podcast, come say hi to me because I like to meet the people who listen to this show in real life. I've been having some fun interactions with people at shows recently that are going up to me and are like, hey, you're Ray. I really like your podcast. I'm like, thanks. That's awesome. And so we start a dialogue from there. 19th and 20th of December. The 19th is at the Glass House. The 20th is with the Treyu at the Observatory. That show's already sold out. So if you want to see a us and hang out with us it's on the 19th so let's talk about tom capone like i said just monumental in my own musical upbringing and uh, i was just so glad he wanted to sit down and, and talk with me in the long form sense of the term so here's my conversation with tom capone and i will talk to you afterwards you and kind of what you've been uh-huh. doing musically and everything so i'll take you back to i want to say it was probably 1994 so i was 14 at the time yeah uh i saw quicksand open for the offspring at the Event center in irvine and it, i had no idea who you guys were i think it was no use for name you guys and then offspring and it was you know i was 14 just listening to the offspring and it was sure. one of those things where it was like my friend and i liked you guys and it was like Basically, I think we were like the test case of why you guys went on that tour. <laughs> of like, maybe maybe we can appeal to some of these offspring fans. I'm not 100 percent sure if we will, but we but we were totally the, like the positive upshot of why you guys like maybe in the back of your heads were like, I get, I we'll pick up some of these kids from this. But I just remember being like, wow, like what are these guys doing? Because we were like
1: some of the guys that were possible possible converts to quicksand, totally, maybe. totally, yeah, in that. Realm, Yeah,
0: exactly. Because all I was listening to at that point was kind of the radio, you know? Yeah. And so seeing you guys, totally. And it was just, it was one of those things. Like I said, I didn't understand it. I was kind of like, they're heavy, but they sing. And like, (laughs) I don't know where this, I don't know where this sits in my head. I mean, you guys obviously did a ton of touring. Like, was that one of the tours that was kind of the most left? You know, left of center, so to speak, that you guys chose to do. I would
1: think so, kind of, because uh, I think when uh, you know, because of the fact that uh, one of the bands was no use for a name, and their genre is different than ours, right? And Offspring's genre is more punk and right. fun and different Southern California style, right? And we're like East Coast with a post-hardcore vibe, so right. it was totally different, right? So we're in the middle of that, and that's and when the Offspring then, was
0: exploding too. That yeah, was just like- and like,
1: Offspring were like on their big hit song, right yeah they were exploding, so they were great shows, so it was all like young 16 year old people and a lot of young people that were you know into it in America and then we did another one in uh in Europe with them okay with gutter mouth oh yeah, yeah as yeah. the opener and yeah. that one go it went okay, but it didn't go as well right because I I thought people didn't get us as much because it was totally even more of a different scene because you had gutter mouth, right. us, and then <laughs> the offspring. offspring. Right, and right. then offspring, were t- it was a different scene. Uh-huh. I guess, than what we were doing, than post-hardcore, I guess, you know? Right, so right. So it was hard to, like, fit us into a lot of stuff, you know? Whether it was, like, sometimes we played with, like, more metal bands. Right. Sometimes we played with more, like, hardcore traditional bands, like Sick of It All, or... Right. It was hard to really fit us in with a lot of stuff, you know?
0: Right, so you, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it was one of those things you guys were just, like, <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll do this tour and see if this... All, like, it was probably just a constant experiment of... Who was going to be in? Yeah, <laughs> especially in the beginning
1: when we first got signed to a major label, they were offering us tours with like Living Color right. and Anthrax right. and like you know White Zombie and you know yeah. a whole bunch of bands like that. And like we were like afraid about playing with those type of bands because you were on major labels already. And of course, you guys were sellouts already, and, right? Right? Yeah, we didn't want that. You know, we didn't want to have like something on our bus saying like MTV sucks or something. Or, yeah, you know, which happened once. Right. <laughs> <laughs> One time, you know, we played in uh, Germany or something, okay. and we were still playing like at a squat type place. Sure. But we were on a major label and we were headlining. Right. And they wrote like, like MTV sucks. Oh, or something. on your guys' our, Yeah, Because our video was on MTV or something. Right, right. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't really like that bad. You know, it was like, you know, not, it wasn't like a bad show or anything. It wasn't yeah. like that bad of a vibe. So some, some. Ponker did it or whatever. Of
0: course, he felt yeah. They and felt- it was like in that
1: location where they were probably like really like do it yourself, you know, like East Germany just as it changed over there in the nineties, you know, right. And- yeah, they we were, were like you
0: guys like you said, you were We were selling out. We were totally. on, we were on M T V and they we were playing it. a
1: squad. What the hell's that about? What with a bus, you know. Yeah.
0: Why are you guys coming here? Yeah. Screw you guys. Well we
1: needed to change, you know, because we were getting to that point where we were playing hardcore for years and Right. It was just that time where music was changing. You know, Nirvana had already broken the doors sure. down. And sub-pop records and all these other labels that were independent were breaking the doors down. And right. And bands like Helmet, too, from New York were breaking sure. it. And then um, bands were getting signed for major labels, and they could do their artistic music the way they wanted to, you know, heavy or artsy or whatever. Right. And it was kind of cool, you know, like all these bands were getting signed, like Jawbox. Totally. Thing,
0: and bands and, that uh, shouldn't even end up on a major label ended up on a major label. I mean, that existed well. Totally, into the, yeah. No, I mean, it's they like. They
1: weren't the, looking for pop songs every single no. day. They didn't look for our pop songs. No. <laughs> I, you know at the end Maybe the last album They were just like Where's the song That could be on the radio You know What's under thirty After minutes we made videos And <laughs> spent all this money but they had money to spend, I guess, for some reason. It was a different industry, you know? Oh, so so, we, well we got they're... caught up in that, you know? And that was kind of cool, you know?
0: Right. Well, you it got... Helped, I, you know, It seemed get like... us
1: somewhere, but we never broke it as a major band. Like, something didn't happen the way it was supposed to... Like, could have happened, I of guess, course. for us. But it makes it kind of cool because we still have people that like our music critically acclaimed, you know, which is the, the most important thing, Of think. Oh,
0: cool. you know? Well, yeah, you, you, leave, you leave a yeah. longer-lasting legacy based on that fact alone. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it is... It is one of those things, even not being acutely aware of the scene at that time, besides me just getting into music. It, you guys seem to not, even though you participate in a lot of the trappings that happen within the context of the major label industry, it didn't seem like you guys changed your approach, you know? you Like, who you kind of were as musicians. Like, yeah. You were just like, well, this is us. <laughs> like, sure, we'll do... Weird promo shots, and sure we'll do this weird stuff, but like just because it's available, rather than like, here's our thing, we can't I wait know. to do this.
1: Like dressing up with makeup and stuff, yeah, like <laughs> right, like bands do that, yeah,
0: right, right, right. right. Some
1: bands do that, you know, yeah, was there, or have done that, yeah.
0: Was there ever uh, was there ever moments during that during that time where it stuff was, stuff was put on your guys's table that was like. That you can remember distinctly being like, whoa, we're not going to do that. Like, whoa, that doesn't feel right. You know, like whether it's touring or whether it's just like marketing ideas or whatever. Yeah, they
1: always had like awkward stuff for us to do. You know, like um, I can't remember one particularly, but uh, yeah, you know, they'd want us to play like some kind of like convention in like Florida. OK. And it would just be for like industry people. from oh, like Polygram yeah. Records or something. Sure. And it would be totally awkward, you know, like right. you're playing like four songs in front of like yeah. a ballroom type dinner. Right. You know, for these people with suit and ties on or something. Right. that like, like Tony weird. Bennett. Yeah. But- <laughs> right. And you're, but you're hanging out on a beach, you know, like we did stuff like weird like that, you know. Right. And like the showcasing is a, str- it's a little strange in the beginning when you're first getting looked at as a band. Right. Like some labels, like at that time particularly labels wanted to like look at you or managers or whatever. So you had to like.
0: Do a showcasing, showcasing
1: right, and some right. of the bands I was in throughout you know besides Quicksand or yeah. whatever were, we're sh- did that too and that was always strange you know what I mean like <laughs> you feel like you're being like selling you're, you're trying to sell out or something you right.
0: know we're, we're really so, good, trust me. Yeah.
1: yeah, so it's awkward, you know. It was totally awkward. Making the videos was always awkward for us, for uh-huh. Quicksand at least. Yeah. I know all the guys in the band were completely awkward every time we made a video. Right. We never were happy with them. We never <laughs> right. really had much of a say. Uh-huh. We tried to have a say, but it would get, like, just messed up. Like, it would sure. make the video look worse or. Right. You know. It would just kind of be like. And they would be high budget videos, right. yeah. At that time, they were yeah. spending like you know tons Tens of, money. of thousands yeah, of dollars. they were spending like
0: sixty, eighty thousand dollars on a video, right? Like, just for the I'm sure I'm sure the you money felt like right. <laughs> I'm sure in some respects and it's like you kind of MTV's felt power was whatever right, right. I'm sure you also felt like kind of a conveyor belt in the way where it was like. Well, we just get kind of put on this ride and we'll kind of like look left and right and be like, oh, that's weird. That's like, we got to do this. Like, I guess we'll do this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And they want you to like use producers and stuff and uh, engineers and just spend money, you know, on, you know, they want you to spend the money they're going to give you. At that time, that's what they were like. Right. Making you, they're encouraging you encouraging you to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you, you yourself were you you were always born and raised in the East Coast, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm from in uh, particular.
1: I was born uh well I was in I'm Long Island raised. Oh, okay. And I like mostly moved into uh Brooklyn and New York uh, when I was 18. Okay, I did, got like, it. like more of the music scene there.
0: Sure, sure. And I but
1: I started playing music in Long Island with a hardcore band, and like then I joined Bold, and right um, soon after I was in the city and Quicksand started,
0: and you know, sure, and that I was, was on my other stuff, right? Yeah. Right. And so, what was your uh, what was your family life like? Were you, you brothers and sisters? Like, how was the uh, you know, what'd your mom and dad do for a living, all that sort of
1: stuff? Um, it was a middle class upbringing, and okay. like they're from Brooklyn, my parents, and uh, I was uh, brought up in Long Island, and uh, it was just more of a middle, I didn't really like Long Island so much because it wasn't really much going on there no. for me, <laughs> yeah. I always like as a young. I was into music really early, so I was, was like going to city the city to just see music. Even when I was like 15, I was going to CBGBs and stuff, right. or whatever. And so I got a like a little crew of people that were into like hardcore and punk or whatever and metal that you know in my school, and right. that was kind of cool. But you know, there wasn't as much of a scene going on as there is now in Long totally. Island. It's like a different world now. You know? Oh, I totally like All these it's, yeah. different bands and scenes. So back yeah, yeah. at the time what i was into the genre of hardcore and, and actually i was into black metal early on too right before. yeah how
0: and now that, that that's what i found interesting in the the, the you know the, the quote-unquote research i was doing on you online was the uh you know the fact that that black metal was such a formative music style for you and usually that's not like the typical entry point you know like usually it kind of goes whatever metallica mega death and then maybe you start to kind of dive into that stuff so like what appealed to you initially about black metal because that's that's obviously a very you know anti-authoritarian you know anti-religious like there's so many things that tick the uh the the check mark in regards to music that parents hate obviously yeah
1: it was totally more of a rebellious thing it was for the extreme rebellion of it and the anti-authority right of it and how'd you get piped into it um I don't know. I just wanted extreme things. That's why okay. I liked rock, I guess. Initially, it was, it was just rock music, you know, like okay. traditional rock. And then it was punk and metal, and, you know, it was Metallica and, okay, stuff and yeah, Slayer yeah. and, you know, sure. on, those, on the first albums. But I need more extreme metal as soon as the more black metal stuff was coming out, like Hellhammer or whatever, sure. um, Celtic Frost and Bathory and all those bands. Right. And I also did a fanzine in 1985 called Mutilator, which was a black metal. Fancy with some hardcore in it too.
0: Yeah, like, which that did, that and, didn't make sense at the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was like no, well, actually, it was crossover time. Oh, okay, it was like got it. As crossover music was starting, like Dri and CLC. Right, right, right. So I knew those bands even at that time and checked them out, and I was like, you know, that's when it was crossing over. But it was like, yeah,
0: right. You, you, you but, yeah, you were. But trying- I was.
1: But at first, it was straight up like metal. You know, it was just pure black. Right. You know? It was more like it was it was thrash metal, like with Metallica first, and then it was.
0: Yeah. You know, then you, you As soon as the
1: satanic metal came into the play, you it was were like, like way more extreme. More. Yeah, I can't. Everybody started listening to Metallica and Anthrax and right. and Megadeth and that was like more popular. The girls that were into Bon Jovi and stuff, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. were listening to Metallica. <laughs> sure. Like so I have to all I was like, okay, you know right i gotta move on to fucking more extreme i like <laughs> yeah, start yeah. to find these european records that were like sodom and right creator and these bands like that and, de- and buying the de- and i did tape trading too in the demos i was like really into that and doing like
0: right you know, corresponding with people in europe and yeah stuff pen like that.
1: pal like with people and ta- trading tapes at lists of like live and demos and right right you know like just into that and writing with fanzines and right stuff, so do you have fun
0: right right do you uh do you have any brothers and sisters yeah I do oh yeah going okay. back to that yeah no, I do have fine. a younger brother and sister yeah okay and so as as you were like obviously getting into all this this weird stuff by right. the context of your family structure were they just like oh Tom where, what's happening with you where are you going like were they were, were your parents terrified of the stuff that you were bringing home they were actually uh,
1: they kind of uh, they didn't really get involved too much of it they just kind of okay. let me do be you myself. Yeah, yeah they let me be myself but uh, they weren't really restrictive about it you know that's
0: good um I had
1: an outlet to do it, you know.
0: And even, I mean, you know, I, also, I also find it they interesting. They were
1: supportive of playing music and stuff like that. They weren't against it. But I didn't really want, like, I wasn't trying to play music to impress them. I didn't want them to come to my shows or, Right, right. you know, I was still against them, you know. Right. But they let me do what I wanted, you know. Or, I wasn't doing anything bad at the time either because when I was, at that time, 15, 16, I was also straight edge. So right. I was like, I wasn't, like, doing, you know, anything bad, you know. I was like just having normal fun stuff
0: you know? yeah, so, yeah yeah the, you know, yeah yeah i find records and shit you know? <laughs> right it's just <laughs> i skateboarding i have this picture of you in my head in regards to like because you know i mean black metal is usually not set so straight edge either and then nor i mean suburban living yeah there's definitely a connection yeah. you could find between that and black metal like i said it's just it's interesting because it's not common within the context of of people waving that flag um within the hardcore scene people can like that stuff but they don't maybe wave the flag as much as obviously like it's readily accessible with you or it's like oh you can see it either in your guitar playing and your approach or your own philosophical, you know, output that you've put out there. Yeah. Um, where, where did that kind of that anti-authoritarian, you know, spirit come inside of you? Was that always just kind of like what you noticed where it's like, I, you know, can't stand school. Like, how did that all manifest itself?
1: Um, I think it's just, like, it's a manifested thing. I think it comes just from, like, your own personal, ch- ch- you know, your childhood and stuff, uh-huh. you know, and the way you are as a person. Right. And the way your behavior is and just the way your viewpoint is. You've just always is. been that way. You've yeah, just, exactly. You you and <laughs> it's, like, I try to get, I try to be more positive and stuff. But, I mean, um, my attraction, but uh, but it's more therapeutic, I think. Like, okay. the dark stuff, because, you know. As I got you know, as I'm older now with it, it kind of resonates me, with me in a more healthier way. It's right. not like a negative thing. It's not, it's more of a, you know, a way to just kind of release
0: myself. You sure. Know? And, uh, well, there's a, there's always a dark every, and light balance. Yeah. I definitely, like, I, I can empathize with, I mean, cause, I mean, I myself, like, I, I'm, for lack of a better term, I call myself Christian, but it's like, Everything that exists within the you know, extreme black metal world, I 100% respect, like, from not only from a musicianship level, but like I find value in that. And I like bands from that level, even though from a philosophical standpoint, I shouldn't. But it's like you need that balance in order to be able to feel like you, you, you not only do you understand music better, but you are kind of a, a more well-rounded person that way. Rather yeah. than being like, oh, well, they don't agree with me, so I probably shouldn't even pay attention to it. You know, yeah. it's like because it's just so, I find it so uh, myopic where it's like if a person just pays attention to that, like, you know, like so many people fall into hardcore and like that's all they do. And they don't pay attention to anything else outside the context of that. But right. that, obviously that's never been your own personal path with it.
1: No, I move on to different things, you know, and uh, and and for me, a lot of the appeal of also like the black the black metal was also the occult too, because I sure. also got into that too as right. part of my rebellion and part of my right trying to be different or whatever when I was younger, and sure. uh, I studied like books on the occult, and of course, whether it was Aleister Crowley or whatever, yeah, or the Antelope, Satanic Bible, right, sure. And I got, like, into that and, like, reading all those books and practicing magic and, sure. like, Nordic runes and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Early on for years. I'm not into that currently at all. Yeah, You yeah. know, and I'm not into any kind of, like, religious belief mm-hmm. or anything now. And uh, I'm just more, like, you know, scientific about stuff. But sure. uh I'm... Uh, but you, know. you, but you. But I mean, checked it out for a year right. You're so glad you I experienced. Had, it. I had experience with it, and that's what appealed to me: the whole imagery with the uh, with the bands, and you know, with the black metal and all that mixed in. And, right. Right. You know, and also I got into industrial music too, which was also totally. had a mixture of occultism in it too, which is like, uh, you know, bands like Current 93 and Psychic TV, Throbbing yeah, yeah Gristle, Throbbing Gristle. right, exactly, um, Death in June, um, all those kind of British type bands. And there's bands from all over, but you know what I mean. Those are some of the older bands that you know started right. it or whatever but uh yeah it was always, it was always
0: yeah it's always so interesting and, too like when you first start to trip on that there there's something that kind of you know springs to your mind in regards to like the imagery that they're using obviously how harsh the music is like it's so like you listen to it and you're just like whoa like i just like i don't think i'm supposed to listen to this like <laughs> it's like this weird uh, this yeah. i mean like total and, you know, the antithesis of, like, sometimes music, where you're just like, this is so aggressive and harsh. But it's yeah. like, it does scratch that, like, man, this is awesome. Like, they're literally playing by their own rules. Like, you know, like, I mean, Merzbow like, from Japan. It's just like. I gotcha. yeah he, he's, he's on a whole different level. And you're that just, sounds
1: like what I was thinking. White House. Like, a band right. like White House. Exactly. Is a band like that makes you feel uncomfortable. Right. It's the lyrics or <laughs> totally. like whatever they're singing and the screaming. And right. And the, the, the sound. and
0: They're challenging you on so many different levels. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not for everybody. That's um yeah. That's, like, pretty extreme. That's more, like, than power electronic noise. Yeah. Totally, totally. There's all different styles. There's different post-punk yeah. styles of music that came out of that. You
0: yeah. Know. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's... So there's
1: just so much going on, and there's so much that, you know, I that I missed even in the in the '80s, you know, right, right. I'm like rediscovering now, you know. Yeah, that yeah, are, yeah. That's from Europe and stuff. So. Sure,
0: and you're like, wow, this is great. Yeah, and there's all
1: these new bands that are picking up on playing stuff like that. There's totally a new scene out now of all different, you know. Yep. Different genres, you know. D- you know, little pockets of any kind of scene, you know, whether yep. it's like. You know, for me, sometimes I go into uh, like places like the Echo or of course. this place called the Complex, and I check yep. out like part-time punks or sure. I check out like post-punk bands that are new and right. stuff, and industrial bands, and uh, check out new stuff. You know, all the time. Right.
0: That's the, the the fact that music obviously still excites you from that perspective, is is good because obviously it just shows. You, I mean, you having all the experience that you have had within you know both major label industry and independent industry you you had so many opportunities to check out and be jaded you 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 could be just like oh fuck it i don't care like music sucks i've already right. I, i've yeah. been there and i've done that because a lot of people i see
1: that a lot right actually, with older people right they get that way like they just kind of like they don't really care anymore about uh right. anything like right music new or they might listen to some old stuff but
0: yeah 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 that's it and it's kind of like it's an afterthought. strange to me i don't know I'd, I'd... so i presume the the path as you were going through high school and and kind of focusing on like what the rest of your life would look like were you always kind of like yeah, I only want to do music. Like, was the idea of you know not even being a quote unquote professional musician because that's always a weird you know you don't yeah, think of that you don't when think you're fifteen. Of it that way, yeah. But like, was that always or or did you have something else that you were like, oh, I want to you know do this other stuff, but music will always be kind of first. You know, did you have any other career aspirations from that perspective?
1: Um, I couldn't really say because music to me, like I was into. Mu- I don't know. I, I really didn't say. I couldn't say that I had uh, thought that much about it. Really, you, you know, yeah. and it was so crazy. Like it was just.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you were you were obviously jumped into the New York scene like, you're saying when you're 15, I, I 16. I thought I'd.
1: Yeah, I was so short lived. I, I did. I didn't really think that far ahead. Right. I really thought like just. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me get like playing in bands and let me play tours and like be as big as this hardcore band. Right. You know, which was like someone like Bad Religion or something If I could do that, that's like awesome Like if Quicksand could be as big as Bad Religion was at the time In 1990 or whatever That that would be cool Yeah, that was like awesome, you know Cool, we could play like, you know, our own shows And do Europe and, you know, put out our own records And great Right. So that's all I needed, you know Sure. So that's kind of like what I was looking at doing. You it was know? kind of
0: a so it was, it was kind of a one foot in front of the other approach yeah. for you, where it's like and oh.
1: everybody was. I felt like I was a scene at the time, and everybody was doing the same thing and living the same style of way. Right. Like a lot of the people that I was hanging out with, like the guys in Youth of Today and Gorilla Biscuits and whatever. Sure. They were all like working at health food stores and like right. bars or, you know, clubs and. Uh,
0: I always put it this way: where it's like a person, kind of you know, when they decide to dedicate their life to whatever creative art they're following. They build their life around it in the sense of, yeah, of course, you, you have to supplement your income with a job sometimes, but that job is usually completely disposable. Like, you just be like, well, yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta quit, I gotta do this thing or whatever. I know. Yeah. It's
1: pretty harsh. It's still that way, you know? Right. Even as you get older, you know, you still, unless you're busy with music 100%
0: on
1: yeah. full time. If you're trying to do music, you got to supplement like work, and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have a job that's flexible, so you can go away and do music, you know, right. for whatever amount of time. Right. Sorry, I'm
0: gone for two months. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's a it's a it's you know like, Some people get lucky and get these really kick ass jobs where they can do that. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, so I'm envious of that. You know, I haven't found that one yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's out there. (laughs) Yeah, it's out there. Hopefully, you know. Um, So was 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 bold the first like quote unquote real band that you played in, or had you like what was your first band like the first Um, incarnation
1: of of my first real real band yeah. was
0: Beyond, which okay. was a hardcore band. Yeah, that yeah, Came
1: yeah. from we played with Bold, of and course, we played right. with Gorilla Biscuits, and we because that a was demo your entry point to Bold, right? Like yeah, you,
0: okay, got it. Yeah.
1: So we already had played shows, and that's when I got, and then I got in Bold, like after that band already
0: started after several months. And, right. Uh, so Beyond was your very first band, like that yeah, was, okay. Which that's a that's a pretty good first band to be in. <laughs> that was a fun band because it had like <laughs> half of it had one
1: of the drummer from Quicksand and it, right. And, uh, well, and you had like Good guys from the guy from you know that played uh, in Inside Out. Of course, he moved out here in San Diego, and
0: he right. Lived in a, well, it, with, it it's it's know, interesting because stuff. the Beyond was um, especially for the age in which you were creating that music was was pretty technically proficient. You know, like for what the style was you were trying to do because you know most like whatever 14 to 16 year olds that start to play in bands are, like are usually terrible at their instruments like <laughs> and i'm sure like you guys seem to have whether or not you were terrible there was a sense of like y- you were able to maybe cover it up i don't know like it just it sounded like beyond if i played it for anybody they wouldn't be like oh that's someone's first band maybe the recording right. quality would maybe give it away but <laughs> yeah that's that's maybe about it so did you guys like did you guys take that pretty seriously as far as like the way that you wanted to sound to the the world or was it just kind of like whatever like here we are my playing advanced
1: pretty quickly Uh and we just had a really good circle of musicians in our high school sure that were really into music and it was really good people to play with and bounce ideas off of and mm. there was a good support system of music in our school
0: yeah and so you around, just had a wealth of people to pull yeah, from yeah and
1: like music was just something important a lot of a lot of people around us and making bands and we always made like joke bands and fun <laughs> you know bands that we played at parties with and stuff right
0: so do cover it songs, was set yeah.
1: before I even did like a real band like Beyond I had like joke bands that I did Okay. That just were fun where I played you know drums or whatever you know right 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 and, and, you but, know but, so So it just started for fun, you know, but it was more serious too because I had a serious message too, you know, and I was like a serious person and I had serious angst and stuff, you know. So that was part of it, you know. (laughs) Right, 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 (sighs) right. um there was different elements you know yeah yeah that all all, fun element too you know
0: of course was so i mean you played drums as well like so what was the first instrument was guitar though right like that was what you picked up first or was drums first i
1: think uh, well um no i wanted to be a drummer i started playing drums first actually um on a just like a bad bad kit that i got for free somehow sure and I i made like a joke band just you know yeah. And uh, and just started playing drums like that for fun. And then sometimes I'd go to the studio and play. And, uh, okay. But uh, I never got a, a real good kid or anything, so I switched to guitar. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> You're and like, this is cheaper. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, my parents didn't buy me a kid or anything. I got that kid. It wasn't even that loud. It wasn't like a full like deal kit you know yeah yeah i don't know what it was but right 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 i don't
0: know yeah you'd like a hi hat and (laughs) a snare right
1: it had that but it didn't have like the the big size of a of a big kit right 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 you didn't
0: have like three floor sounding or anything right yeah and
1: uh but it got me like the effect that i needed you know Mm -hmm. like which was like kind of like a garbage can
0: right yeah, better just, sound. Of course, you could for, just
1: for playing that kind of music that I was doing. At the right, time. you could
0: just hit and it would be loud. Right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. fast
1: hitting and like super fast, like
0: right. Know. And so, something that um, also s- struck me personally, like when I first started to you know pay attention to like obviously like your lineage as far as like all the different bands that you've played in. Um, I I honestly think that there you were the first, like, guitarist in which I personally recognized, especially noted on the, the Handsome record as well, you know, and obviously everything you did before that, where it's like I noticed, like, a distinct tone from you, you know? Like, before that, I just would, be, whatever, it's a guitarist, like, you know, they would just be playing in a band, but you were definitely the first person that was like, oh, like, that's, a, that's kind of a, a Capone sound in a way, like, just the way that you approached it. Was that something that was always pretty... Uh, whether or not it was deliberate, but was that always something that was, like, important to you to kind of sound distinct in a way? I
1: think so. I yeah. think uh, when I first started picking up guitar, it was important to be original and uh, and not really, like, I had, like, the the initial equipment I got had effect, pe- effect pedals yeah. with it, like a phaser and a delay pedal and sure. a distortion, and, and I was into just being more creative at writing and stuff, so... I was always into having a sound and putting feeling into just the playing. And I think that's, like, the key of playing-wise is uh-huh. the way you play. You know, like, it doesn't matter what instrument, what kind of guitar you're playing or amp, you know. Yeah. It's how you're the how you're doing playing, it playing, you know, you're feeling. Right. So I just kind of, like, tapped in with that somehow, you know, throughout yeah. my years. Plus, you know, just the whole point of sitting around for hours when you're younger, building up dexterity, playing guitar yeah. and doing finger exercises is just like a big part of it too you know
0: put in the time
1: yeah so you, you got to do that plus you know you have to have the some people just do the, have that aspect and then they can still play in music and play in bands but they're lacking that feel or that's or very, their tone or sound yeah yeah and they could be great players and they're on good albums and stuff or whatever but right. they don't have like their own t- tone of
0: yeah their sound no i totally so inter- some people yeah. have said
1: that and i hear it you know and it's kind of cool you know to know that It comes from just your finger, you know, from your picking, I think, you know, and the way your, your both hands are working. Yeah, no, that's really, your head.
0: yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's the whole appeal of obviously like, you know, punk and hardcore in general. It's like the, you know, the feeling and emotion behind the music is, is, you know, almost what's, you know, sometimes more important than the actual instrumentation of, of, you know, music. The way that you approach it was very much like, I want to be solid musically, but then my emotion has to cut through and sometimes i just don't think that you know people are emotionally mature enough to understand that that like you got to combine those two initially
1: (laughs) yeah definitely wanted to have like a distinct character to my 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 notes sure and was very picky about what notes i'd go to from each note sure so I, I wanted it to sound like its own thing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, I was in a trip, trippy out, tripped out guitar stuff like Robert Fribb, and oh sure, um, and just like progressive guitar players and stuff, and uh
0: well, it also sounds like you just because, in my opinion, in listening to you know what you've you've been listening, your influences are, it's like you had so many different inputs, you know, kind of like we were talking about earlier, where it's like if people only listen to you know hardcore, like they're not really putting other stuff in their head to be able to kind of. Put something all this, different and right make
1: take it to the next level, totally. I mean, yeah, totally. That's yeah, how yeah, we had to do it with quicksand. We were like, okay, you know what, we're you know, it's cool, we're playing, yeah, these bands, and we're doing, but we got let's do something like more different now, you know, like let's right. try to write something that does something different or has sure. some different chords, you know, right, right, use right, different chords, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know you're like, what I mean? well, you're like, wow, what wow, a novel op-
1: concept—a fucking open chord, you know, on a hardcore song. Wow, that's totally cool. Yeah, yeah. well, or
0: that hasn't le- been that hasn't yeah. been done 400 million Wait, well, times. The, before. Just listen to
1: different stuff. We're like, okay, let's listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I haven't listened to that since I was 13. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's listen to Led Zeppelin and try to write to some quicksand songs. You know, right? Which or, is yeah, it's and incredible. whatever else was new. You know, we listened to the shoegaze stuff that was new at the time. Right. And just yeah, the you put different stuff influences. like Helmet and you know. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. We just kind
1: of did our own thing you know and we're heavily into like fugazi and of course you know of course. that came from our hardcore sound you
0: know right yeah no no, no. i mean it's it's so. perfect it's perfect yeah it does give you more to you know like you said a wider repertoire to pull from in doing you know research online about you the there's not much out there you you strike me just making a judgment call here but you strike me as a as a relatively private person mm-hmm. in the sense of you know, I mean, I, I presume you obviously let people in from that perspective. But, you know, from a general sort of public view of the world, uh, you're a private person. Do you, does that strike you? Like, do you? Um, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. I don't
1: think I've been out there as much as I was uh, doing. I, I haven't really put out anything new in a while. Yeah. So I don't think, uh, besides these reunion shows with Quicksand or some of the hardcore bands I've been doing, like Beyond and Bold. Beyond
0: and Bold, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, besides that, I've been kind of like, you know, low-key in what I've been doing and moving out here and stuff and moving back to New York. and uh, Yeah. You know, and i just been kind of waiting to have a new band project to really kind of make more of a noise about what I'm doing next. You know? Right, right. So, d- so does I'm that does to that collect that together. You know, okay. Right? Does that yeah. bleed over
0: into, like, your personal life as well? Like, do you consider yourself a private person?
1: Um. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, I like to share a, a certain amount of privacy in my in my in my life. You know.
0: Sure. Yeah. Just. I mean, the only reason I ask is because it it is it is interesting, especially as musicians evolve and and kind of have to be, um, especially this day and age, like in constant contact. You know, like oh, I'm constantly tweeting. I'm constantly updating. You know, like that's. I mean, now the pendulum is swinging the other direction, where bands aren't announcing anything until like hey, our record's coming out next month, you know. But, like, there is that constant contact of, like, being present from that perspective. And, you know, you you choose not to do that. Besides, like, obviously, like, Instagram and Facebook. Like, you participate, but you're not, like... You know, out there from that perspective. You know, for at least from what I've noticed. which, yeah. You know, obviously. I dur- feel
1: like um, I don't have much of any new product, really. Or I, it's kind of weird to say the word product. But yeah, 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 I don't yeah. have any new like material that I'm like presenting to anyone. Right, right, so right. So it's right. kind of like uh, it's kind of like an issue where it's like, okay, I'm doing my old band, so but and that's cool. Right. Come see me. You know what I mean? That's cool. Like, let's document this. But yeah, I'm not like. I'm looking to do new stuff, but right. I just haven't got the right, you know. Yeah, yeah, the right thing. pieces together. Yeah, so um, that's pretty much probably why, well, one of the reasons why it's been kind of like more in the low key.
0: Sure, sure. No, and, I, just, uh, I was just curious, like I said, if that directly correlates to your personal yeah, life as well. because,
1: you know, I want to come, you know, if I do something, I want it to be like noticed. So Impactful, do, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think with even with Quicksand, we made a conscious decision even when we came back as our reunion yeah. to not do interviews and to keep it low key. Right. So I kind of like, that style kind of works with a lot of things that I do, I guess, too. Sure, sure. And trying to like not make a big deal too much over yourself and not make yourself seem too important and just be like, okay, you know what, if you like what I do,
0: then, you know, it's here, you know. Sure, sure.
1: And that approach seems to be pretty cool, like right now, at
0: least. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's very interesting from that perspective. This is what I do
1: if you like it, you know. Yeah, And I feel confident that I do something that some people are going to like, not every Buddy, but like there's a niche out there for me you know so right whatever would what it would it, it whether it's with quicksand or whatever else i do you know but, yeah
0: did you ever did you ever find yourself falling into that um you know that sort of i like to call it like an identity trap where you felt your importance was directly related like you're tom from quicksand you know like you're tom from what you know tom from beyond tom from bold like did you find yourself attached like you know getting caught up in that game of being like like my worth is directly attached to the music that i'm i'm creating yeah I yeah think
1: so especially when you try to get opportunities that are outside of uh your level of uh comfortability and musical uh-huh. playing that uh aren't maybe aren't stuff that you like like i have like a couple of opportunities to play in session work and stuff like right, that right right i'm like I'm not feeling it because it's not, you know, I feel like, okay, it's going to ruin what I did in the past or... Sure.
0: You know, I don't yeah, know if yeah. that's what you mean. I, well, I mean... am conscious of what... Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, okay. I, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's indirectly, that's in relation to like your legacy. Like, the, yeah, you don't want to tarnish, you know, you don't want to play on a record that you don't feel comfortable with because, right. you know, people would be like, oh, what's Tom doing playing on this awful new metal band or whatever? Yeah. But the, uh, I was, I was more so relating to like your own personal, um, you know, feelings and kind of, you know, the worth that you know sometimes people attach themselves so much to being like like my identity is tom from quicksand you know like yeah and then when quicksand isn't there like you know, whoever have? right like you know did you ever like find I've yourself playing that. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, well quicksand did break up for a while of course so i had uh, a uh, my own you know path right right path where um i was pretty low-key at that time and uh well, I've done other bands. I was in that band, Handsome. Of course. Right after Quicksand initially broke up in 95 or 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you did Instruction, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I was in Instruction, so I kept a little busy, you know.
0: As Quicksand was coming to an end, did you did you feel that, like, oh, what's next? Like, oh, shit, like, what am I going to do? Like, did you ever run into any of those feelings? I think feelings? the
1: second time around, the first time around, I knew that already uh, there was already me talking with the guys in handsome right they were already a band that i was working with and helping sure um um just in, in the sense of getting a drummer with for them and sure just, you know helping them out friends and yeah um so that was something that i was like kind of like jumped right on to
0: uh-huh
1: but the second time around was more uh of uh, I had already left Handsome and Quicksand tried to do stuff. Uh, um, we tried to do some. We did a tour with Deftone. And right, I remember that some music and yep. Um, it was like a year and a half of uh stuff that just didn't work out. You know, right. And we broke up for for several years. So, right,
0: right. Um, and so after that, that's that that was you... kind
1: of a bittersweet leave of the band. Uh huh. Um, of our breakup, you know. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm just, thinking, I, and I never thought it would even happen again. And then, just you know, in those last two years or so, I had you know gotten calls from the guys, you know. Right,
0: and it made sense, and, right? Uh, it made sense
1: to do it, you know. Yeah, to try it at least. Of it was course, not really even about doing it. Exactly, it was more about okay, let's just do this revelation thing for five songs.
0: Of course, which was incredible and just play, really, <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. Thank you, of course.
1: Um, and that was exciting, you know. And mm-hmm. it was like kind of like unexpected. And we were like, yeah, okay, the timing's like kind of feels good, you know.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and trot it out and there. And
1: everybody's into it, so that's kind of awesome. Right, so, right. And then that led into the
0: idea of playing
1: more gigs. Yeah, and of we course. Were like, okay, let's do some of this, you know?
0: Well, yeah, just because, I mean, it's like, yeah, you wanted people to have the experience of seeing you guys, and like, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Ultimately, that's why you guys did music in the first place, because yeah. it's fun. Um, and the second time, this time, well, this whatever time
1: around, third or whatever, now <laughs> it's been. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been really fun and we've been getting along and it's been a healthy, you know, good thing for all of us. Well, because
0: you're, I mean, you're all adults and you know how to like not only work with one another better, but like know how to exist probably like in your own personal lives better just because then it's like, oh yeah, like we can, you know, it doesn't need to be this like high pressure cooker thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just a thing.
1: We've been through the business. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're kind of like know where we're at, and we're just, you know.
0: Yeah, enjoying it. Um, enjoying it.
1: And uh, and we're not trying to play too many live gigs either. I think there's a possibility in right. us recording new stuff, you know. Right. Um, so that might happen in the near future. and uh you're just keeping it A lot of the guys have other bands going on. Sure, of course that's kind of my idea too is to keep uh, keep going with several different musical projects you know and keep right. busy and stuff you know? mentioned um,
0: you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Han- Handsome and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention be- mention the band because it's like it-, it, it I saw you guys I think okay I'm fairly certain that you guys played a show in San Bernardino with like Strife Voodoo Glow Skulls I mean it was like again Handsome made no sense on the bill like right
1: that was a bill with Descendants <laughs> Descendants right? exactly yeah.
0: And I, I just remember watching you guys and being like, holy shit, like, yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, I already knew the, the, the quicksand connection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that was not what the most of the audience was was, was <laughs> looking was for. Totally,
1: like, way out of range.
0: Totally. <laughs> um, but it's interesting now because it's like, Handsome is it now, just because obviously there's such a resurgence of interest in music from, like, the late 90s and mid-90s. Um, you know, is it, is it weird for you to all of a sudden, like, see attention, put on a band that released one record and was really only around for like a year after that
1: yeah it's weird you know yeah it's not that weird because it's not that big right but it definitely strikes me as strange when when i when i do have people that come up to me that are sincerely like really into it right genuinely like into the band and like right it's been something that they've been influenced by or whatever you know whatever they whatever the case could be but uh yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool, you know, um, that there's a resurgence in the, in this style of music, you know. Right. And uh, I, I put a lot of work into that stuff at that time. Yeah, And it yeah. didn't pay off to be huge, you know, million sell- sellers. So why not, you know, have something... That's out there for people to hear, or even if it's older people want to reminisce on and collect, of course, or new people that hear it, you know.
0: Well, yeah, no, Cause I, it was
1: good stuff, you know. And it totally. Was, you know, I think there's like a there's always going to be music that are going to you know what I mean. People are still discovering bands now from the '70s that are you know
0: yeah getting that are big. Important, like, right,
1: I never you know like you know you would never hear a band like about like that band Suicide. Yeah, like, you wouldn't hear about them like 10 years ago, but no. now everybody's influenced by them.
0: Totally, totally. Like, or it's big, like Rocky. big artist. Yeah, are, like Rocky know. Erickson, you'd be like, wow, like his legacy still, yeah. still <laughs> lives on and you're just like, wow, this is, I mean, it's crazy because no one would have ever predicted that. So, um, you never know what, what happens. With no, music. not at all. And
1: there's been a, a big thing in hardcore lately, yeah. like, especially on the East Coast, but all over Europe, everywhere, it's like, there's a lot of people in hardcore and that's why you're seeing a lot of the hardcore bands play shows again and stuff yep. because there's a market for it. There's you know, an there's interest. People that right. want to see it, yeah.
0: Um, so. In uh, instruction to me always seemed, I mean, that like if I were to rank, this is just personal preference, sure. your your, uh, your your musical projects, instruction is definitely like, I hardly listen to that record now. Huh. Um, and it's one of those things where to me even like, because that, that record came out what? Like early 2000s I want to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, 2003 or four. Right,
0: yeah. And so to me it strikes me like that was totally a record not so much from the band's intentions but a record that kind of got Completely thrown into sort of the major label world and being totally. like, I don't even like. Y- you guys probably didn't even know what to do with all of that as it was existing. Like after you got signed and after like, because I mean that like you guys only existed for because you put out an EP before, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's it just it seemed, was so quick and right. It just seemed wasn- like
0: right. It se- it seemed like it was a very uh, yeah, it was a very rushed process of everything that you guys were going through. And I yeah. presume you probably look back at that time and are kind of. Um, I, I mean, puzzled by it, or right? Or yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I'm sure. That, I'm sure you learned a lot, but I'm sure at the same time it was kind of a weird scenario. Yeah. That whole thing.
1: It was definitely. It was. Uh, it was strange because, uh, well, there was good things about it, and there was there was really awesome things about that time, and then right. there was some things that were like a little weird about it. But uh, the whole thing with instruction was that the guys, mostly in the band, yeah. Um, were in that band Called Era Type 11 Of course Which was a You know A New York band They had put out A couple of indie records And yep. uh, they were playing Together for years And I guess They wanted to call it quits And then Most of the dudes In that band Wanted to start a new band sure. So I got like with them, Yeah, and you got ushered playing, into yeah, it. Yeah, and I got started playing with them, and we created a demo within a month and played, like, South by Southwest. And yeah. for some reason, Geffen Records saw us. <laughs> yeah. And they signed us, like, right. just from that one show. And it was, like, only we'd been been together for, like, a month.
0: <laughs> right. And
1: You're we not had ready. this demo of four songs that we just wrote, our first four, four songs. Right. That were kind of, like, era-type 11-type songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. But trying to break away from that, you know, sure. create something new. And, uh... And then we got signed, so we had this big deal thrown at us, and then, you know, whatever. And then there was managers, and it happened to, so fast that I didn't really even get to digest
0: whether it this was, was a real band, right? Uh, was it a
1: yeah? Was I totally there yet? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's
0: kind of just a long for the ride it sort of happened thing. Happened so
1: fast, and I, and I and I and I felt a lot of it. I always felt like it was like it sounded a lot like Aerotype Eleven. Totally. Because most of the guys in the band came from that band, so right. I felt like I wanted to break away from that sound right. more. So it just never got resolved, and we had to record a record, and it was just quick. <laughs> yeah, it happened like quick. Like we got a bigger, ma- like a management that was like big, and they put us out on tours with like Lincoln Park and Corn. And like, right, I don't even know if people even knew that we played with those bands. Oh like- no, no,
0: I told you. I remember seeing because at that time I was working at an independent record store, and my it, it was such an interesting thing to watch where it's like at at the record store if i received a promo copy of a record like you know four or five times i knew that that band was probably going to fail like and it was mostly just because that that was yeah. like the major labels mentality of just like oh let's get promos out there and get the word out there in the street and it, it was, was the very end of that time yeah when they were giving
1: out any record deals like totally. actually what the cool thing was we did get a uh right geffen the president um uh-huh of geffen signed us okay and uh he gave us a really good record deal and uh and then the producer they had was a dude he was a dinosaur guy called bob ezren okay. did kiss sure yeah he yeah. did destroyer and a bunch of other kiss and he did like pink floyd the wall right and, he, and the newer stuff he did was like um james addiction and 30 seconds to mars right which was well we can just base whatever new stuff he sounded like well, yeah the band was kind of more on the level of our ma- with our management trying to write more radio type songs sure. or rock right. so yeah, yeah yeah it was definitely, you know it was definitely geared more towards that and,
0: and you well but and it you, failed at that too right well you and and you had no time you had no time to develop as a band and no. that's like that's yeah that to yeah. me that's the key element of that
1: we didn't have much time to develop as a band and you know we played a lot in england actually for some uh-huh. reason i don't know if people knew this but uh yeah we did better over there than here and we did a lot of like more touring over there on like like seven inches and eps and oh stuff. sure sure but
0: yeah um it you know, was what it was our label wasn't based there you know right. our label
1: was in, was here
0: and they, right you know yeah there's only so much that they could do over there um, so,
1: yeah. But it was a good experience recording with a guy that I respected his uh, his past work. Of course. It gave you cool opportunities. And then there was right. a studio that was legendary called Sunset Sound. Which yeah, of course. Where, like, the Doors and totally. you know, Janis Joplin did stuff. And
0: Yeah. It was cool to um, be a part of that lineage, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: that was awesome, you know. And yeah. I'm still friends with all the guys that play in that band. And they're right. doing their own things. And it's pretty cool, you know. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's in, in referencing kind of, you know, lig- lineage and legacy like we were talking about um, and how we were talking about how music is, is obviously cyclical and it was, um, you know, like when you guys obviously went on, on that, you know, when you were doing quicksand dates and you brought out title Fight, um, I'm sure you guys can see the direct correlation where it's just like, oh yeah, title Fight, like they like quicksand. Like, and so kind of having this, being able to get out there from a live music perspective and being able to see the kind of the fruit that you, you know, like the the seeds that you guys planted, and then they've now flourished into this whole new scene of bands that are directly influenced by you guys. I'm sure that's like one of the most gratifying things that you can kind of look back on from your musical legacy, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, there's definitely been, uh, I've seen rel- uh, um, elements of quicksand in like a lot of different things, totally. you know, from metal to... Totally emo bands yeah, you know yeah. it could be any you know what i mean it could be a heavy fucking band to like right. some, excuse my language um to uh to a emo soft band you know sure. and uh so that's awesome you know what i mean and i never get and you know it's always a good it's a compliment you know to influence some to be able to to feel like somebody like was you know right like enough, you've watched this tree dri- driven enough to 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 be driven by your music
0: Right, yeah, you know. Where it's like now <laughs> it's now it's kind of bands would kill to tour with you guys whereas back when you guys were touring you were just like man I want one band that we that like we completely synced with like <laughs>
1: I'm sure, I'm sure
0: that's what you guys were thinking like, yeah. I wish there was a band that we just like totally made sense with at the time, I know that we could it was
1: Fugazi with. probably right. <laughs> in our heads it was Fugazi right. the ultimate band but right. Fugazi had their own agenda right.
0: You're like, you we know they were looking to them? play with
1: like Bikini Kill and of make course. more political messages
0: right and and play $5 they weren't shows playing,
1: right. they weren't interested in playing with a band that was on a major label <laughs> that had a ha- ha- half alternative metal sound right that <laughs> took their sound and mixed it with metal <laughs> yeah they were like wait a minute what'd you guys they do be, to our music they played two shows with us and we were friends with them, but you know like uh, yeah it wasn't uh yeah it wasn't anything bad it was just you know right
0: there you guys were doing two different they, things yeah
1: they 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 were on a different level than us you know right 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 they um, they, they, they their shows were five dollars of we, course we, were, we, were, we definitely had sold out more than them you know <laughs> yeah you get or <laughs> you sold out or bought in however you yeah, want to bought it. in you know <laughs> which a lot of bands did you know of course so it was just kind of like the time you can't be held guilty for it no know? no not at it all. it was a good time to be able to put out your music, you know of I course. Mean? You get an opportunity to record your music for a bunch of money and yeah. live why off would, of it, why not, you know? Why would you say, and yeah. Tour, you know? Totally. That's awesome. You know, I mean, there's so many interesting bands that came out of that that
0: got reels, you know,
1: that were just weird, like... Totally. Jawbreaker, like... like, like so, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Dry, yeah. I mean, there's, there's...
1: Tons, yeah.
0: And I look at it, too, where it's like, I mean, now in this day and age, the idea of sellout is such a, like, that's like... It's so far removed from the, the conversation in regards to like signing to a major label. Like there's still the idea of like, oh a band changes their sound and their sellouts or whatever. Yeah. But the idea of like, you know, this day and age a band signing to a major label, no one would bat an eye at that, you know? Like whereas like when you guys did it was like, Oh, whoa, that's a move. Like that's a bold that's a bold statement, you know? Yeah. You know, where you're sitting at now, like you were talking you're you're alluding to the fact that you obviously want to, you know, do more music and you want to do more musical projects. Like where where's your head sitting in regards to like the stuff that you want to try to like create whether or not that's something you're going to actually follow through with but what what's like you know resonating with you now that you want to do musically.
1: well i'm going to new york so i'm in, in new york i get i can also i can focus more on quicksand because all course. those guys live there right and then i have my hardcore bands uh beyond of course bold, which is putting out vinyl on revelation and uh, oh, nice. i don't know if bold is going to do anything again okay. but really i want to focus on a new project that is more in line with like a dark wave sound nice and uh, that expresses that part of that I never, you know, that I, you know, that part of myself, you know, right, right, right. And uh, so I have a couple guys that I am going to like plan on working with out there in New York, and uh, seen with the vibe. I don't have any kind of name or anything yet to put out there, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: coming. That's awesome. Yeah, you know. Um, and so considering the fact that you've you've you know obviously been able to, for lack of a better term, like call yourself a musician as far as a profession is concerned, um, you know, for the for the last, you know whatever you know 20 25 years you've been playing music um is it it, you know is it weird to look at that as being like oh i guess that's been my job for you know the better part of of most of my life like how does that (laughs) how does that sit in your head in regards to oh i guess like you know when you're you're going through customs you know like when they write your profession like do you write musician or do you write something else um usually with the
1: band stuff i put musician because we have visas you know usually so it's not a big deal but uh if I have to write a resume for like jobs and stuff, you know, like, yeah. I have like a way where I can fill in like stuff with like making it sound like I'm a musician too. Sure, sure. And uh, where are the, to fill in the gaps and stuff, you know, for a resume. And, yeah. Uh,
0: have you done so ha, have you have you done stuff outside the context of of the band that you've been like wow like that job was cool or that like particular thing outside of music was something that you never thought you'd be into
1: i've tried the culinary thing with the raw vegan stuff recently and uh i did a class like a culinary certificate in santa monica oh yeah yeah um like a year ago okay it was pretty cool and it was like uh, i learned how to do raw vegan uh culinary and i worked at uh, like a restaurant for a couple months okay uh, it was cool i got to like make food for like people that were like you know like pamela anderson and stuff like that. yeah of course uh, it was cool and like you know right um but it's a lot of hard work and, uh, you know, unless you're a top chef or anything, you know, you're not really like, or making books or, right. you know, you're not
0: really like. There's this, there's a chef and then there's a celebrity yeah. chef. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I got to one point where I'm like, okay, cool. Like I learned it, you know? And yeah. You kind of felt like,
0: like you were right. You're well, at you your know. limit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do follow a vegan diet. It's not necessarily all raw, but right. I do follow that. So that's something that I'm interested in and, uh, I thought about doing that more as a career, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of interested in it. But I'm not sure exactly. What yeah, I you want, want to exp- do with it, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see what other what are roads there but, are. Yeah, there's different things involved in that, so it's um, yeah, pretty cool like you said you 've done some session work and stuff like that for people that have needed your help and stuff um, that 's a especially coming from where you come from in regards to you know independent DIY and hardcore and creating your own music is it was it weird either did you have you ever done like sit down songwriting sessions with other people or have you just been like hired to play on a particular track or something like that i
1: i 've been um I've been uh just hired on stuff but uh yeah. You know, it's it's never felt like the right type of thing to okay. do. It's usually something that's never worked out, you know, in the long run that I'd wanna like stick with, you know. Right. So I'm not really like I don't really yeah, I'm not like a session yeah. Person,
0: that's know, not like all. a pursuit that you're no, like, man, I'm I'm getting myself all. out there. I'm more into just
1: doing an original band that's more about like the live vibe and like, you know Right. The emotion of it and stuff, you know, and
0: uh what kind of? Just because you do, um, and I and I always had a hard time
1: doing like the session stuff. You know when it gets thrown at when when people ask me to do something. You know, because right? It's usually not the same genre or same thing I'm feeling. <laughs> it's somebody else's
0: right, thing. someone else's stuff. And right. it has
1: to be the right, you know, combination. You know, like yeah sometimes like it works you know they get the right people together and it works great and sometimes you know it's not
0: the right thing right. So, sometimes, sometimes it's terrible yeah. you, you show up there and you're like i want to leave immediately <laughs> yeah so with the
1: uh i gotta be careful you know yeah, yeah. I get involved in you know of so course easy, you know right right and right. people want to also like okay the guys from this band Quakesand, they're this underground band that has like a certain amount of credentials to them. of course i want to have this guy play on my stuff to get that yeah, we, you know, to use that guy's totally. name cause yeah, because like it guy, makes it makes them credible running. sure yeah, this guy's underground or whatever he's not like you know yeah, yeah. he's he's you know so yeah you got to be careful you know who's like if someone's funny. gonna take if advantage looking out for that aspect of what, yeah. you, what
0: you are and no that's a re- that's a really important point I. I so. I think it's... I mean, it's, like, you see... Yeah, you see random people, like, you know... It's just a random example, but it's, like, the... Uh, I remember this was, like, uh, gosh, early 2000s, when that the band The Used, when they had the vocalist from that band Coalesce. They were from, like, Kansas City, just, like, a sort of metalcore-ish type band, but, the, yeah. you know, legendary in their own scene. Um, I remember he sang on a track from The Used, and it was, like, what the fuck is <laughs> that? Like, that's so weird. Like, but, you know, he, like... Sean, the singer of Cole Less, did it just because he was like, well, yeah, the users are really big fans. And like you didn't feel that was like a a credibility transaction. But you do have to be careful of that in order to not be like, yeah, Yeah. put put yourself out there and be taken advantage of. Like
1: there are guys that are in bigger bands that I've not that I know, even like out here that are in bands that I would say that are on K-Rock or something that I wouldn't even put their names out there. Sure. That are like, you know what I mean? But I just I, I, I don't. Yeah, you connect know. with that style.
0: Right, right, right. You know. The last thing, just in, in talking to you for the past, you know, hour or so, you uh you know, you're a low key dude. Like you you know, you're you definitely don't um, you know the the fact that you identify so much with obviously the emotion within music and then obviously seeing you play live, yeah. like you know, do people like that see you play live and are just like, that's kind of a different dude up there than like the Tom that I know that's like off stage? Or do people generally kind of be like, Oh no, like I see you know how you are how you can be those two people
1: i think i've gotten that before and i haven't heard that in a while but i used to get that a lot from some people you know that like yeah maybe when i went in more when i was playing in hardcore bands and I went crazier sure sure <laughs> they said oh you're a different guy right you know, you're right, shy right. but then when you play in this band you're like crazy and sure but i don't get that as much now i guess people have known me more as being a guitar player so they expect that okay he's gonna put on some kind of rock show sure and I'm not like going as crazy as I was when I was younger. So right, right, right. There's a balance, but uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so the, the idea, I mean, just because, yeah, yeah, just because you are a low key guy, like, so it's like the, the the fact that the emotion is such an important part of, of your music, like it's interesting because usually you equate lower key people with being like, you know, oh, I'm not fluctuating much in my emotion, like I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> even keeled, you know. But that yeah. that's kind of not your the emotion appeals to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's where that outlet comes from, I it, guess, you know.
0: Yeah, you can get it out there so you can be like, okay, I can be like this. I can I can be this person in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough for hanging out on the beach here and bringing me down to this, this beautiful location. You're it.
1: welcome. It's been uh, really nice. Yeah. It's been nice
0: to hang out and talk and uh, check out the view and stuff. Of thank course. Well, I interview. can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> that was Tom Capone and me hanging out on a beach in Southern California and talking. And I was really excited that he wanted to do that. So thank you very much, to Tom. And thank you very much to our very own Tom, Tom Richfield, the Internet's best friend. If you don't follow him so on social media, you should do so. He doesn't put out much on those social media channels, but when he does, it's good, man. It's either good observations, whatever, but he's worthy of a follow Next week will be Christmas. There, There is an outside chance that we may take the week off because, uh, you know people need breaks occasionally right and i don't really want to post an episode on christmas eve but we'll see you may get an episode you may not i think you can bear with me if an episode doesn't come through until maybe next week or the week after i'm not telling you be safe everybody and have a good holiday